Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome. we're back again. Yeah, welcome to Hooked on a Theory. We're your host, Dana and Haley. So this week, what are we hooked on, Dana? We are crawling into the mind of the Night Stalker, Richie Ramirez. Yeah, we're hooked on the Night Stalker. So before we even jump into like our intro topics real quick, we just want to say to everybody who listened to our first episode, thank you. Um, if you're, thank you. If you're back for another episode, <laughs> um, we'd love to have you. Thank you for coming back. Um if you left us a review or shared us to a friend or told someone about us, also thank you. You guys are amazing. Yes, we appreciate um, all the love. Yeah, I know our audio is kind of not the best. We're working on it. It's a work in progress. Um, our mics, we got off of Amazon thanks to RJ's dad. Uh, he gave me a gift card to Amazon for Christmas, and so they covered both of our mics. So um, if you're listening, thank you. Um, so yeah, but we're going to get into our intro topics and we only have like one thing we want to talk about. It actually has to do with, uh, I'm trying Kate. to find it. Yeah, it was, Casey um, Anthony's Casey Anthony. Ass. Yeah. Um, who is, so oh, where did it go? Did you share it? I didn't share it. Somebody else shared it oh, and it shit. was about Casey Anthony. Um, well, long story is short. She is trying to make like maybe a program or something from what I glanced at to help people that get wrongfully accused. And I was just like, when she told me that, like it was right before we were about to record this episode, like she had saw it and she was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, what? And she read it to me and I was just in my head thinking that bitch. I know. I'm fixing to Google it on the page. That yeah. Do you find it? Yep. There it is. Casey Anthony starts PI firm claims she wants to help others wrongfully accused women to help other wrongfully accused women. Oh my women. god. I think she was fucking wrongfully fucking served. Like I think she should have fucking been guilty, but that's just my opinion. Don't sue me, Casey's family. Um that's just my opinion. Not saying she did it, but like she got this girl got some balls. She really needs some publicity or something. I thought she, she went into like hiding when she got off. Cause I remember like I remember when Apparently all this she's went living down. in Florida, living her best life in Florida in West oh Palm. Oh my god. Y'all wanna go see Casey Anthony? She's living in West Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, there's an article. It's not us. The article put it out there, not us. But I remember when all of that went down with her because I was like not close to her age, but and I quote Anthony, 34, is starting a new venture. Last December, she filed documents listing herself as a registered agent of Case Research and Consulting Services, LLC. You've heard it here first, folks, on Hooked on a Theory. Casey Anthony's lost her shit again. And, like, I mean, I mean, like, okay, she basically, basically got away with murder, um, I mean, now everybody, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, you might lack her. Some that's might just want to kill her. Yeah, whatever. But to each their own. But as far as I knew, she was a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, like whether she whether she did it or not, just like pretty much how she reacted, like after the whole thing and like all the lies and like the fact she drug her dad through the dirt, like all of that. Now, if you guys think that we should dig into the Casey Anthony case, let us know. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that Tweet was us, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know. Yeah, shoot us an email. We like emails too. Yeah, email. Yeah, email works. That's yeah, actually um, a lot easier so we can keep track of 
what's first. Yeah, we can definitely. And if you've never heard of Casey Anthony, I know there's a lot of podcasts that Good cover luck. him, but um, I feel like that it's up there with like the John Benet Ramsey and Madeline McCain cases. And like, I think when you tip your toe, dip your toes, you know, to true crime, like those are some of the well-known cases that you hear about. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I was younger, like my mom watching that and just like keeping up with the trial. I think like my first trial I kept up with like that was um, Jody Harris. I remember being in high school, like get, like coming home from school with like my grandma and my aunt Lara, and we would like sit there and just like watch the case, and we just knew that um, she was like she did it, and it was just like waiting for it to happen. So yeah, it sorry was- I'm silent, guys. We just got our first review um on kind well not necessarily on like facebook or anything like that but like a direct message about the fact that somebody and i quote absolutely love this so much and i could talk about shit like this all day so yeah it's actually sunday so we like we're still recording we just dropped our first episode like at three o'clock it was live you guys are awesome and you might as well yeah, we wanted, we wanted to shit. get y'all hooked on a theory and hooked on our podcast, so we got y'all hooked, or hopefully we got you hooked. If you, I mean, if you're listening to this, you, well, obviously we got you hooked, but if you're not, then like... You know, it's kind of weird. Loss. We are going in... We're in February, or yeah. going into February. Tell me why the Night Stalker's birthday is February 29th of 1960. Mm. That is when he was born. Yeah. So not only are we tackling him... In his birth month. But. Yeah, for sure. And you know what they say in February, love's in the air. But in this case, it's his haltosis that's in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of y'all know what haltosis is, it's like if, you know, he 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 had some staying breath. We can just put it out there that Richie, oh, poor Richie, he did not like to bathe or brush his teeth or God. probably even change his clothes for that matter. His diet, man, Mountain Dew and like whatever he found in his victim's house. Whatever he house. took from your house when you yeah. were, you know, whether it was cantaloupe, or a banana, up. who who knows? But before we get into the Night Stalker, real quick, um, because I, I think we're gonna get some, we may get some weird feedback about this, but I, I just we thought it'd be good to go ahead and explain how we're gonna do today's episode. Um, I know traditionally, when you hear a true crime podcast or episode, usually they get into the backstory, the victims, and then like the the conclusion of what happened however there is a podcast out there called morbid that covered this case it's episode uh 14 14 and 15 15. they did an amazing job going into details as to what happened to the victims also um there's a documentary released on january 13th on netflix about the night stalker the actual detective who worked the case Hell, there's like two detectives and a few victims that are still alive. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you're born in 1960, you're being your 50s right now. 50s or, what, 60s. For sure. And so so they they do a phenomenal job talking about it. And some of these, I you know, like she said, they're they're actual victims that are still alive. So they firsthand, like, knew what happened. They lived it. So we're not really going to dive as deep into the victims today. Just because one, because the the documentary just came out, there's no way that we could top that. There's no way. Um, I just think when it comes to the victims, it's so important to hear those stories directly from them or the detectives or the families that were a part of this case because they are going to have the most accurate and up-to-date information. So... Um, we will, however, be referencing a few of the cases. And it's 
it's we're not saying that you know not all of them are important um they're all significant yeah. to you know the catching of him eventually right because they all got linked together exactly. by this detective somehow he put the pieces together and linked everything i mean i'm not saying richie was i say richie like we're friends i know <laughs> it's fine good old richie <laughs> Oh, that makes me think of the picture that somebody photoshopped my face next to Richie Ramirez instead of his wife that divorced him in prison. But that's a whole other story. We'll get into that later. But, um, you know. Yeah, know. like, I just think that uh, it's important because we're going to be talking about kind of – because I feel like when you think about, like, when you look into the Richie Ramirez case or Richard Ramirez or the Night Stalker, whatever the fuck you want to call this monster um, – he, had a he, year. he did it. He yeah. Did it just about a he year. Didn't. He ran the streets yeah. of Los Angeles. Actually, let's just it's say California. San, yeah, California, San Francisco. He just ran Los the Angeles. streets of California, but sneaking in your windows. Exactly. Freaking back door. And I think it's <laughs> funny because, like, back then they didn't lock their doors. And now, like, you got ring cameras everywhere. Like, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how, like, you know, did serial killers die out? Like, why we don't see them present day? Because, like, I, imagine, like, a present day serial killer. Like, that would be fucking insane. Like, you'd have to be intelligent. Like, fucking, fucking Einstein. Now I feel like we it. have to find some modern day serial yeah, killers. Yeah, if y'all know like any modern. Like, 2000 serial killers. Yeah, if y'all know of any, like. Or 2010 and up. Because that means like, let really us know. if they made it that Right. Far. But I think the important thing with Richie is that because he didn't have an MO, because he just fucking killed whatever the fuck he wanted to, he didn't care. It was like putting together, like looking at this case, like from the outside in, it looks like it was putting together a puzzle where none of the fucking pieces matched. I mean, but if you can look back now, like back then it made it probably really hard, but like now you can kind of see the routine and the, right. I guess his purpose and his eyes and the inspiration he had. I say it like he's writing a fucking book or something. I know. No, but- he just wanted to go to Disneyland. <laughs> Yes, guys. That's or literally Disney all he wanted. Like he Charles wanted. Manson wanted to be a fucking Beach Boy rock star singer. Richie just wanted to go to fucking Disneyland. It's crazy, but, but yeah. So we're gonna talk about a few of his victims because they're gonna relate into the psychology and the science and that kind of thing. Because today we're gonna kind of focus more and on like the why and trying to make sense and like understand his brain. I don't really think there is any. I don't like, think we'll ever understand. I don't his think. Brain. Yeah, we won't. But. If you watch the documentary, they did kind of dive a little bit into the why and, like, what he liked and, like, what he was in search for, which we're going to get into. But we want to talk about, two nature versus nurture because that's – I mean, like, they – like. I really liked how the podcast – not the podcast, the – That's what we're doing. We're making the podcast. Yeah, the, the uh, documentary, how – they focused a lot on the victims and what actually happened. And there's things that like you didn't know. Like he almost got caught several times, but like the one that got me was when, when he, he went to the dentist. dentist. Yeah. Jinx. Like, but we'll talk we'll get into that later. But um, so we want to kind of talk about some things that were left like I don't want to say open-ended, but kind of after hearing about him, which we're gonna give you a brief like, rundown about him. But like I said, I just don't want people to get upset if we don't dive into the victims. Um, yes, every victim that was a every part of this case, matters. they matter. And we are wanting to encourage y'all to go watch the documentary because no, Netflix doesn't sponsor us, which they should with yeah. this many times. So we told people to watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, we want y'all to go watch that because that's going to have, like I said, the most accurate information 
Also, too, like, I'm fucking dyslexic as fuck, and I don't want to mispronounce any name. Like, yeah. in the future, when we do cases, and it's someone, like, I'm going to struggle with, I'm probably going to have to, like, YouTube their name and, like, listen practice, pro- yeah. yeah, like, practice pronouncing it, because I don't want to offend people, you know? If y'all listen to that first episode we dropped, um, you can definitely hear me struggle with my cursive speaking. Groaned up? I can't get groaned up. <laughs> that was, I wasn't even talking about the groaned up. Oh. I couldn't even read, what was it, social, psychological, or I don't know what the yeah, hell I was trying to it say. Was, it yeah. was coming out. But yeah, so we just kind of want to give a little disclaimer. Um, we just don't want people getting upset. I know this isn't like, and this is not how we're going to do every episode, but I do think if, you know. With like, as fresh as the, the Netflix yeah. documentary dropping is, and we're here to pretty much tell you what we've learned and what we are understanding to, it to be right. and hopefully inspire you to form your own opinions about right. the matter at hand. I mean, obviously, it's not a matter because it's not no longer running the streets of California. Yeah. But at the same sense, you know, like it's it's important to look at all sides. And I think with this one, I when you get these really big ones like like serial killers, there's so many victims and um each victim's story is definitely important and that's why we want to push y'all we don't want to miss somebody too because sometimes you know no matter how much research you do whatever documentaries you watch there's still always one that went left untold and then also they haven't had any linkage or anything like that right and then also too you know just because like you know richard ramirez had like way more than like 14 victims like but they only he was only charged for 14 so that's like another thing it's like you are you going to cover every single victim or just the ones that he was charged with so i think when it comes to serial killers if there's a documentary out there we're not really going to talk about the victims we're going to push now if there's not a documentary then yes we'll put in the extra you know research and like triple check and make sure we got everything just so that way they do get their stories their stories told but when it does come to like these that have you know if the documentary is accurate and like up to date and like you know spot on then yeah we're gonna you know refer you to the documentary um oh that's so sweet we just got like another review on facebook on facebook killing it man yeah i'm really shocked if you are still here um so yeah so we're gonna go ahead and get into the story of richard ramirez so let's go ahead and dive into the background of the night stalker so, Richie Ramirez, born in 1960, almost his birthday, actually. Um, he was the youngest of seven children. He's actually from El Paso, Texas, believe it or not. Texas native right there. Oh, man. So, Texas people are crazy. Yeah, like, as, a, as, a, as a natural Texan, we do not. As a natural born Texan. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I told you I'm fucking dyslexic, okay? Leave me alone. Hey, I don't know how to talk either. You know what? I got my papers at the OSA office at UTD. I'll go grab them if I need to. I don't have papers. I have no excuse. Girl, well, that test, it was, it was brutal. But anyway, so. So, um, from some of the research we found, he was charged with 13 counts of murder, 5 counts of attempted murder, 11 counts of sexual assault, and 14 counts of burglary. Now, in 2009, why he's already on death row, they added another count of murder so he got bumped to 14 um through dna they were able to link him to another case that had happened um prior to his what was considered first murder so i mean we all expected him 
to start this killing spree in June of 84, but it actually started in April of 84. Holy shit. So he kind of, he had a long run on, a long run on the run. Yeah, I mean, especially for someone who wasn't as organized, and you'll see later when we, when we talk about it, like for him to be on the run, I mean, he was almost caught several times. Like he obviously wasn't trying to hide, like he didn't fucking care. I mean, he was letting survivors go, like, or victims go, and they became survivors. But um, the fact he was letting people go and was able to be on the run for years is fucking crazy. And one thing a lot of people um, look into is how um, the weapon of choice kind of explains a lot about the individual. With his weapons of choice, he was all over the board. I mean... Yeah, so he had anywhere from a twenty-two revolver handgun... Um, he slashed people with the machete bludgeoned them with a hammer beaten them with an iron and you know good old just stabbed them so and then he occasionally too would have these thumb cuffs that were fucking weird um i know he put them on like one of his victims i can't remember her name but they talk about it in the documentary and they actually show pictures of them i didn't know what the fuck thumb cuffs were until i watched the documentary sounds like some weird sex shit oh my god (laughs) (laughs) you didn't see that on 50 shades of gray that was not in the red room of pain that was that was richie's 50 shades though oh god God. 50 shades of stank (laughs) 50 shades of fucked up yeah so but yeah no he definitely i don't like you know even like his childhood i mean like he had it it was not good at all like i know his mom worked around toxic fumes you'll hear a lot of criticism about that on some other podcasts and I don't really know if the, the documentary really, really critis- like criticized her about that, but she was breathing in toxic fumes. So back to what we talked about last episode, a lot of people think that might have been passed on. That would be a biological theory yeah. applied to him in this situation. So there's one of the theories. And so, you know, a lot of people do blame his mom for that. But I think back in those days, and especially once you learn about Richard's dad, um, we don't know like how because like Richard's dad was like really abusive towards him and things like that they, they talk about it in the documentary so if you want to you know go more into his dad they do give a good description on it I blame his cousin I'm just putting oh, that out there man. I don't blame his dad I blame his cousin yeah. and we as we you know get further into this um, we're gonna kind of explain that because after a while it was established that he had a routine when he would go into somebody's house you know if you were there with your husband or significant other your husband was going down first, and then he would go to the wife next. And 11 of the victims were sexually assaulted after he took the husband down. Yeah. You know, his purpose is for, or it was for fear. He got off essentially on looking in your eyes and seeing how scared for your life you were. Right. And like, I know one of his victims, which was, um, it, it was uh, Dale who she was hiding. She was actually Maria's roommate and she was hiding in the kitchen and she had her, and they talk about this in the documentary, but she had her hands like on the counter and Richard saw her hands and she had looked up to see if he was gone and he shot her point blank. But before he shot her, he saw, he wanted to see the fear in her eyes. Like he could have reached over the counter and just shot her, but he wanted to see the fear. Like he got like off that on that. surprise. And then, you know, you even have Maxine who, her husband was Vincent and he was killed. Well, Maxine had managed to get out of, because Richie had tied her up and she broke free of her bonds, went and got a shotgun out of the closet, ran into Richard 
thought she was, you know, going to shoot him, held him at gunpoint. And when she went to shoot him, the gun never fired because there was no bullets. And I can't even imagine, like, that feeling in that moment, like, where you think, like, motherfucker, I got you. And then you go to shoot him and there's no bullets in the gun. Yeah. And I'm sure that feeling he got because I'm sure he knew, like, oh, I got this bitch. Like, you know, that's probably what he thought because his fucking sick fucked up mind. He probably really got off to that one. Besides his mother's, you know, or toxic fume inhalant as, you know, why she was pregnant with him. Um, Richie had a cousin named Miguel or cousin Mike, Mikey, Mm. whatever you want to call him. And he was in Vietnam War. And when he came back from the war, you know, I say Richie like we're friends and you say Richard because you're former. Well, yeah, I mean, either one. We're (laughs) we're going to reference Richie over here. Um, was learning about torture and mutilation from seeing what Mike did when he was gone in the war during Vietnam. I mean, he had no shame. He showed him everything. And then he also, you know, Mike decided to shoot his wife in front of Richie at a young age. So not only did he see that mutilation and torture of women was okay, he also saw his, what what is it? Like, what's your cousin's wife called? Your cousin still? He saw his cousin die? I mean, like, I guess cousin be, like, by marriage, cousin by marriage, cousin in law. Either I don't way, know. he saw a woman die in front yeah. of his eyes, and he was like, "Oh, this is it. This is the light of my life. Yeah, this and then, spark in my eye." Um, also, too, like he was shown like graphic pictures of like what cousin Mike did overseas, yeah, of and, the torture and mutilation. And I mean, also, like, how old was he? Like, do you, do you know, like, roughly, was he like twelve um, ish? So, like, what I when he started killing people, he was in his early twenties. So it was between like 15 and, um, what is it? 15 and like, let's say 25. So within that 10 year span, because I mean, he started out in 1977 with petty crimes that led him to go to a juvenile detention center and then eventually was on probation for marijuana and decided once he got out of that in Texas, um, he was going to go to California and get involved in cocaine and, you know, burglary and all that fun stuff he just went from one extreme to the next i mean he started small until he was able to establish kind of his comfort zone and that essentially is why he got away with it for so long even though he was so close at times of being caught he got comfortable enough to where he was okay with what he was doing but at the same time he knew not to get too comfortable because that's when he would get his ass caught right because every time they were so close to catching him something came up and he was gone again Right, and he, I think he was, like, wasn't he traveling back and forth to see his family, too? Um, I know it said that he had, like, he would contact them, but it wasn't anything, like, very, right. what I'm looking for. Um, like, frequent. Involved. Yeah, involved. And he wasn't super involved, but he was there. I mean, obviously, when he got arrested, he was all up his dad's ass. Oh, yeah, and. But everybody, when you get arrested, calls your whomever to get you out of trouble, and then you got to kiss ass to get out right it's yeah but um yeah so like i i don't like just the fact that he was like a teenager like experienced that like i remember whenever i was like that age like experiencing stuff like those are like your prime years where like you're really learning what you can and can't get away with and if there's no disciplinary actions or like consequences you don't know like he thinks that's right and so you know um like what theory would that fall under in our I think that would be like a learn like the learned behavior. So that right. was um the site what the hell did I did? 
It was the um the no, it was uh oh, here. I can biological. Where'd my paper go? Sorry, guys. It was the social. Um. Yes, social psychological. Yeah. So because you learn what is learned, or what is it? it said what is learned, and then there was another part, or it's like that's like you learn from it, so you you adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason we're we're going in and we're trying to break down his upbringing and like each part of I guess his life is because you'll start to see that a lot of these uh you know theories of criminal behavior start to overlap and And some of these theories apply to people that aren't even criminals right (laughs) there's psychological theories that apply to me biological theories that apply to me social psychological learned behaviors that I have I mean you know as it's human nature to do what it takes to survive. Right. I don't know if using that with being a serial killer is really the best choice, but for people that aren't serial killers where these can apply to, you know, you learn things to either keep yourself alive or move yourself to that next stage of life. Unfortunately, he learned the wrong fucking traits or learned the wrong behaviors. Right. And so... um yeah, he definitely, like, I really don't think with with everything, especially his childhood, he, I don't think he really had a chance. I mean, like, even his, like, hygiene, how he took care of himself, his diet, like, he didn't really, I don't he think he. He was still a child. Yeah. He acted like a child. I mean, he, hell, before he started killing people in 83, he fucking stole a car and had a jail sentence. But because the people who owned the car weren't from California, he got let out. He yeah, didn't stay crazy. locked up. I mean, if they would have pressed charges and he would have got locked up, maybe we wouldn't have had his murder spree. Yeah. I mean, so or you know, in the eighties, maybe it would have went to the nineties. We don't know, but I mean, he just started with simple shit, and eventually, right. just the practice of something small, you can find yourself doing things that are more thrilling. Because I mean, the fuck, who gets an adrenaline from stealing a car? I mean, I've never stole a car before, but I couldn't see that. I mean, like, adrenaline maybe if you're, maybe. like, playing Grand Theft Auto I mean, or something. Okay, so if Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> if you guys enjoy stealing cars on Grand Theft Auto, be careful. You you might kill people next <laughs> on Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But I think, too, um, like, back to what you were saying, like, um, damn, I just lost my train of thought. But um, the behaviors, are we talking about learned behaviors? Yeah, like, we're talking about how... Damn it, I lost my train of thought. Okay, never mind. I'll think of it in a second. So, back to the good stuff. Oh, um, I know what I was going to say. Oh, there we go. But you were saying, stuff. like, just you know, how he almost got caught. Like, the sad thing with the whole, with, you know, Vince and Maxine, or Vince and Maxine, um, they, so Vincent had, before, you know, the, Richard broke into their house and, like, murdered him and his wife. Um, he had taken the shotgun bullets out of the shotgun because his grandkids were coming over that week. And for just gun safety, either lock them up, put them where kids can't get to them, usually take the bullets out. I'm not big you into guns. Been in Texas, it probably would have been different. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, I'm not big with guns. However, my boyfriend does hunt. And so, like, I know a little bit about gun safety. But 
Um, I think yeah, my so, nephew knows more about gun yeah, safety. Yeah, and it me. just makes me think, like, if the bullets were in that gun, like, Maxine could have took him out. Because she was ready to shoot his ass. Like, she was just like, motherfucker, I got you. And then, like, the gun didn't go off. And there was some other times he almost got caught. Like, they realized his teeth were fucked up. Because so many people said he had fucked up teeth and he just smelled really bad. And so, um, and they talk about this in the documentary, too, how they found a business card in one of the cars he had stolen that was to a dentist's office and they went in and like showed the talk to the the dentist and like his assistants and they actually staked out police there and the day they took them out like the next day <laughs> richard went in so they he rolled up the for an out. appointment because he had a really bad tooth like it was going to kill him and so they knew he had to come back so it just the it kills me how many times he could have been caught and like unfortunately like he was just able to do it. You know, I think one thing that I can honestly say is when he did get caught it wasn't even the cops that took his ass down. It was the people of California all of them all of them in this yeah. neighborhood were about to whoop this man's ass. And what's like really, and they actually did a little yeah. bit whoop his ass, but and the community came together and did not let him go. I mean, it took a year, right. over a year, but they brought his ass down and got him brought in. And they talk about it in the documentary because I think um, the detectives from both Los Angeles and San Francisco were talking and they knew who it was. Like they finally found a match. Like they knew exactly who it was because – he had a friend that knew his name, that knew about it, that they finally got to crack, and he gave them the first and last name, and they ran through all the Richard Ramirez, Ramirez the like the database, to, to try to find a match, and they finally found it. So they knew him, and it was very risky because they had to go back and forth on are they going to release it or not, and they chose to release it, and his it's funny because I knew he was coming back on a, like a Greyhound bus back to los angeles and he walked past the cops like at the the bus station and his dumbass went into a convenience store and that's when he realized he was on the fucking cover of every fucking <laughs> magazine and newspaper not magazine but like every newspaper and they recognized him and started screaming killer at him and um yeah, so it was really cool. And another thing is, too, is, like, they – it's probably a good thing the cops got there when they did because they probably would have killed him. They probably would have ripped him well, to shreds. Well, I know in the documentary, they were – like, one of the cops that arrived to the on-scene of the mob of the community after his ass, he was having trouble, like, containing the mob from killing him is what it was yeah. saying. Like, these people were like, you know what? You've done this long enough. He's about to give you what you deserve. Right, and the mayor even was like, I'm so proud of, like, our city and my citizens and all of this. And I think something that's crazy is, you know, like, he would always try to make people swear to, like, pray to Satan or swear to Satan or... He's very big on his Satanism. Or, yeah. But and so, but when the... Cousin Mike again. Oh, God. And then when, when the police showed up to break the mob up, he was just like, thank God y'all are here. If I was a police officer, I would be like, no, bitch. You don't yeah, fucking you, you thank think God. You think this is fixing to be a fun ride in? Sorry about your bad luck, buddy. And Ain't I, no trip to Disneyland. Right. And I'm sure it was probably hard for those cops, too. I mean, of course you want to keep them alive because you want to interview them. And especially when it comes to a serial killer, you want to know how many victims, how he did it, and a lot of that. Because I feel like that time was just definitely the serial killer time. And, you know, just trying to understand these individuals 
And especially someone like him who's just so fucked up. Yeah, but you have to think, though, if you have so many missing people that have no link and you have a potential person that could link all these open-ended cases and, like, close off so many things, as much as you might want to kill him, you rather give that closure to the family. Like, I feel like that's the mindset they have to have or try to have as much as they wanted to kill him. I would have wanted to kill him. Right. But, I mean... Oh, but don't worry. They're doing somebody else justice by not letting the mob kill him, so... Oh, but don't worry. He he got... Oh, he gets his own. Yeah. Um... So you know how we were saying earlier how his hygiene was, like, top-notch? Hell yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely lead to some disgusting things and, honestly, how he died. And I – I it sucks because he died of, like – I don't even want to say natural causes, but it basically was – it was, like, medical conditions – and it, it kills me because I just want to know, like, did the hospital just give him, like, the bare fucking minimum? You think that's going to grind your gears? I was reading an article in this group that I'm in um, on Facebook. It's, like, a serial killer's uh, documentary SD or SKD or something like that. Taxpayers paid for him to get new teeth while he was in prison. But yet we can't, like give like what about the fucking funerals for the victims like ta- like not even no, tax that's their family's responsibilities that's fucking state of florida bullshit. just wanted to give him some new teeth or not florida california, california. thinking of florida why am i thinking of florida oh casey, casey anthony. anthony jinx <laughs> but um anyways yeah no it just like if i was in the fucking hospital if he would have been like can i get morphine like i'm in pain i'd well, be like no, no you're motherfucker. Cut. sorry guy how about, like, I cut your left kidney out? How about that? <laughs> like, we probably couldn't even do anything good with any of his uh, organs. Oh, God, I know. But, yeah, so he actually ended up turning, like, highlighter green. Yes, because he had um, B-cell lymphoma. Yeah, so I don't Died at 53 years old. Uh, June yeah. 7th, 2013. Yeah, so, um, and I know, like, we just kind of gave y'all a basic, like, a very, very basic overview of his life and everything, um, and the reason we did was just because, you know, the documentary goes into so much more, but, um, we, we do have some more things to add real quick before so, we transition. he got caught in 85, 1985, you know, he wasn't actually fully sentenced until 89, he was in jail for four years, unsentenced, because they're trying to link everything to him. Oh, and yeah. his that's... response to being sentenced is seriously... Oh, I love it. I, I freaking love it. It says, no big deal. Death comes with the territory. I'll see you in Disneyland. He has... He doesn't care that he's going to be on death row. He doesn't care that he might be stuck there. For who knows how long. All he knows is shit happens, but I'll see you in Disney one day. Okay, guy. Because we're going to let you go to Disney after what you did to some yeah. of the children, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Disney Disney itself, like, just as a whole has its fucking We'll get into that. Shit. If y'all want to hear some deep shit about Disney, like, let us know. I, Especially, it's a small world Disney. ride. I love Disney, but some of the weird oh, shit man. about it. But, it's yeah, like I think. Theory. Oh, God. There's so... We have, we know a lot, guys. So if y'all want to like us to talk about any of the weird shit, I just hit my mic. I'm so sorry if that was loud. But um, anyways, but yeah, like this with his sentencing, I, I mean, it did take a while because they had to, to you know they wanted to make sure they 
I think when it comes to charging, which you'll notice this in a lot of cases, like people may have like 20 victims, but they may not have solid evidence for all 20. So they may only try to charge for five of the 20 because, you know, you you don't want to push for too much and then ever get everything gets thrown out and they don't rule him that person guilty because everything you used, all those cases, you know, once you get they find a ruling they can't go back and like oh sorry we made a mistake like you can't get tried again so they got to be very careful and in the documentary there was um one of his victims who she actually speaks she was taken from her home and he had done horrible things to her and he actually released her at a gas station the six year old yeah the six year old and released her at a gas station and told her to call her parents and she ended up talking to the detectives and she this was like heartbreaking this is like the part of the episode where i actually started crying but she told the detectives like i will testify so this does not happen to other girls or kids or anyone um and the the they took three detectives to talk to her and like what had happened and everything and they all three decided like we're not going to bring the kids into this they've been through enough like we have enough to put them away and actually, he was like what sentenced to death, but he ended up no, not he, death. He was he was on death row for a while, but he ended up dying in the hospital no. from that B cell lymphoma. Um, one thing that I honestly found fascinating is he was so adamant about not pleading insanity with his defense. Like, eventually, he decided, you know, okay, let's plead insanity. Dude, sorry, you're SOL. Nice try. No thanks. Um, one thing I did find fascinating is he was, suppo- he was supposedly diagnosed schizoid personality disorder while incarcerated and on death row. Um, for those of you that don't know, schizoid personality disorder is a personality disorder characterized by lack of interest in social relationships a tendency toward a solitary or sheltered lifestyle, secretiveness, emotional coldness, and detachment. So if you have any of those, you might have um, a personality disorder. But (laughs) he, if you look at the cases and kind of how he was grown up and how ruthless he was with his crimes, I mean, and he had no social involvement with anybody else besides his victims. So I have no... I like, there's no way that he could have not had this type of personality disorder for sure. I think too, like, it wasn't like, it was just like he was targeting one person. Like, he didn't care if you were, you know, young, like a kid. Male, female. female, What ethnicity you were. Yeah, like, he didn't fucking care. Like, and if you look at the timelines too of, like, his murders, like, you'll notice that they'll be like two like a month or two that will go by and then he'll kill two people in the same day and then there'll be like a five-day gap and then there'll be like two more people and there's just like it's almost like he's like oh I'm, I'm gonna kill this person because i want to kill this person i think a lot of it was that he i think my what i think is i think he didn't have control over his life his upbringing i think he was pissed off at the world and i feel like that with killing he had control he got to choose whether you got to live or survive Ooh, he <laughs> got to control your fear level and if you were scared of him or not he i just probably would have passed know, out from not being able to breathe how dirty his oh ass my was God, i know i feel bad for the victims like 
I mean, obviously, because, like, especially the ones that are murdered and, like, any victim, really. But, like, just to have that stinky motherfucker, like, in your house. Breathing on you. Ew. And the fact that he was just able to eat their fucking food. like my... And sit comfortably with a dead body on the floor and blood everywhere. I just and hope have a snack. He was fucking It's like Santa haunted. giving Santa cookies after he oh, dropped God. shit off to <laughs> I know. She's like, it's just fucking weird. But I do think that. And also, too, they talk about in the documentary he did study other serial killers and so do i think he was a hundred percent stupid no i actually think in a way he was smart because he studied other serial killers i think that you know he taught like he didn't have an mo i think the reason he was so in like consistent and like didn't fucking care like i think he wanted to kill like i think he enjoyed killing but he had to not have a personal preference because he didn't want to get caught. Like, he didn't. And he knew – he studied other serial killers like Ted Bundy and saw that he had a pattern. Like, they were able to pick up on that. And so he was trying to make it to where he was in control of the police. Like, he he was always one step ahead of them. Like, he was – I think he was smarter than most people think. I just think that he also – I think he started getting cocky. And I think whenever they were trying to give him names, which he had, like, three other names, too, which was the walking killer, the valley intruder, and the night stalker. And also, too, like, something they mentioned in the um, in the documentary is that he idolized the hillside stranglers. Like, they put him in the same jail cell that they yeah. held the hillside stranglers in. And he thought he was just fucking top shit he's like, like oh hell yeah i'm, I'm up like, there with this motherfucker i'm in the, the we, we on the same suite. level <laughs> yeah like no richie shut the, shut the fuck up bitch sit down be humble like you're not shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no but I, I think that he was smarter than most people think and i think he got cocky and like honestly though if it wasn't for him being like a fucking dumbass and like being cocky and like you know it, honestly like it makes me wonder you know would he ever gotten caught? Like, do you think he eventually would have gotten caught? I mean, they knew who he was, but like, if if things didn't line up so I mean, perfectly, hell, do you think he would have fled? They had fingerprints on that one car. Yeah, I mean, they knew exactly who he was because they like got they out of his friend. They, but they just didn't know where he was. Well, once they figured out what he looks like, it was game over when they decided to publish it. I mean, if they wouldn't have published it and wanted to keep it on the DL that they knew who he was and what he looked like. So they, it was technically like, okay, we publish it and he goes into hiding and we don't find him. Or we publish it and we catch him. So right. it was going one or two ways. It's like a gamble. like Oh, yeah. I feel like any type of like detective work or any right. police work for that matter, you got to gamble whether one, you know what the hell you're talking about, or two, you know this person without physically being them. You know their next fucking step. Because right. if you can psychoanalyze somebody or just, you know, pay attention to an individual's behaviors and choices and, you know, a murder, for example, or, like, the weapons they use that can have significant meaning or the individuals itself, there's always going to be something that links it to why that person was chosen and why this person ended up getting caught because they gave it away. Right, and, like, I think as much as Richie did not want to have an M.O., his M.O. became that he loved to see fear. He liked the control. He liked the power that he thought he had. But He thought I his think, shit didn't stand. But, but because, guess what? Yeah, it did. And because, <laughs> like, he, his, like, all of his characteristics and his mannerisms definitely was, like, 
obviously another way how he got caught and you know also too i think what was funny they mentioned this in the documentary but when they had him like they had the survivors like identify him in a lineup and he would always tell people like especially the woman like shut up bitch and so he had they had them say that in the lineup like they would have all the people say shut up bitch in the lineup (laughs) i thought that was fucking hilarious um I'm still like hooked on the ACDC thing like that ACDC hat he had and then they were like it gave supposedly gave some shit to ACDC like with that fucked up association because apparently Richie stole a hat from somebody being a little burglar that he was and wore it around town after he was killing people even left it at a crime scene his little ACDC ball cap. And I felt bad for ACDC because like they were because that was like during the time of the satanic panic error and like they got ridiculed 80s, man. pretty, pretty bad 80s. but yeah so no he this guy was horrible and um so i guess the next thing we'll kind of go into is nature versus nurture and like how this plays because this case is like kind of what got people talking about that like you know i mean like it's talked about in ted bundy's case too but i mean i think this case is like the fucking poster child case for (laughs) that that fucking conversation i will stand by the learned behaviors and the psychological factors that influenced him because of the damage that was caused to him by seeing such things at a young age and being taught that certain things were considered okay like mutilation and torture no. And also it didn't help that he had repressed emotions causing addiction leading to other psychiatric disorders. Because if you do drugs for so long, it's going to do something to your brain, folks. Right. Any, any, It doesn't even have to be street drugs. Any type of medication drug that you abuse or don't take as prescribed, your body eventually builds a tolerance, so you're going to up yourself on more. Right. And the higher you go, the more damage you're going to do to your body. And what is it? It affects your what is it, your liver or your kidneys? I think it's it your can, kidneys. I think meds are your kidneys. It depends. Like, some can affect your liver, too. Your I liver. know alcohol hits your liver hard. Yeah. Um, it could definitely do kidneys. I think it just depends on the type of medication because it can affect your liver, your kidneys, your heart. I mean, maybe that's um, why he got B-cell lymphoma. It could be. And I mean, like, also, too, like, I mean, I talked about it in last episode. Like, I'm, um, my major is biomedical engineering. I, I mean, we had some psychology, not a lot, but we talk a lot. Like, in my major, I had to take physiology or engineering of the physiology of the human body. And that's basically how everything works. And so we do talk about medication. And, you know, there's a, there's a field in my major that, you know, basically designs medication and how that works and how it targets like certain parts of your body and whatnot but um yeah this guy didn't take care of his health at all and not only that but if he's not taking care of his like physical health there's no fucking way he was taking care of his mental health yeah that's my that's my subject right there your mental health matters i will forever say this your mental health matters because mentally if you are not in what you're for you as a person the right mindset would be i mean right mindset for me is definitely different than what your right Right. mindset would be and everyone has their own norm everybody has like i'm not gonna say things that trigger them but essentially things that trigger them like there's gonna be things that you know we're gonna process differently that affect us differently whether you have anxiety depression ptsd schizophrenia whatever it's 
that, oh gosh, the right. mental health world is such a fun place. It right. is. It's a no. ball. And I, I, I totally understand. Um, I myself, I struggle with really bad anxiety. We're not sponsored by this company at all, but there is, um, I know with the pandemic, it's really hard to get into counseling right now. And whenever I was trying to juggle everything with like school and like, I also live by my, well, live by myself and support myself and everything. I was struggling for a while and I talked to Dana a lot about it because Dana does have a history, but I understand that too. Like she is like not, I'm not licensed guys, but I've done enough work in mental health the past five years that I feel like I know what I'm talking about. But she did And I sound like it too. Yeah, no, she's amazing to talk to, but she encouraged me to get um, looking at counselor and I struggled to get in person with somebody. So if you reach out to BetterHelp, like I know you hear ads about all the time. We're not sponsored by them. I personally went through it. We're not sponsored by anybody, but if you want to be a sponsor, let us know. But, um, (laughs) but no, like they have like uh, financial aid where they can drop the price down for you. It's definitely... Worth She's it. getting sleepy. I know. It's like it's so nice and calm in my house right now. My dog's asleep. It's just like so peaceful. <laughs> it's never this fucking quiet. But yeah, no, he so get your mental health checked out. Don't hold that shit in. And it doesn't make you a wimp to get your mental no, health checked and out. People get scrutinized for reaching out and saying they have mental health issues. And right. that's not the case. It shouldn't be the case. Because if you don't get the help you need, you might end up like Richie. Yeah, you don't. You might want end to. up like Ted Bundy. Hell, you might be tripping acid like Mar- Char- Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson oh, shit. in a damn van. Yeah, like, you know, don't don't play with that stuff because I feel like a lot of lives could have been saved. And we're not going to tell you what you do in your personal life, right? But just your mental health matters. Let's just and put that. down. I do think too during these days because you got to remember, like this happened like in the eighties. Times now, um, like this case happened in the eighties and. Um, you got to remember, too, like, mental health wasn't a big thing back then. Like, no. you were told to suck it the fuck up. Like, oh, like, you're fucking having a panic attack? Like, they didn't fucking care. So, like, it... it the resources they had can were, can like, electric shock therapy, or electric, let's say the politically correct term, electric compulsive therapy, where they put little electric shocks into your brain trying to fix your problem, which... No, no, does not help that yeah. much. It essentially fries your fucking brain if not done properly. God, so or like the you know they still do that. You know they still do that. In modern, modern times they still do what it's called ECT. But yeah, they still do electric shock therapy. It's a real thing. And like they had like lobotomies too. Yeah, those Ugh. freak me out. But yeah, so no, like um, for sure, um, we. Hmm. We're trying to think what else we can tell you about stanky breath over here. Yeah, this, I mean, like, I know a lot of you guys are expecting probably a longer episode about him, but to be honest, like, well, we're still getting our toes wet in the direction we want to go in. And we felt that this one would be good to have a first, more of a discussion, more of an open discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Because essentially, that's really what we're going to be doing is getting information. And having an open discussion with each other, with you guys. I mean, if you want to respond, leave, put comments somewhere or send us emails and we could have a discussion. I mean, that's essentially what we're here for is just to kind of open the ideas of possibilities of right. other things to consider. Right. And we'll we'll have cases too where we it's do all, a deep dive. Oh, um, yeah. Like them Uber drivers. 
Right. And I know, too, we got Valentine's Day coming up, and uh, I told Dana about a case called the Lonely Hearts Killers. So I'm uh, learning new things, guys. Yeah. I'm stuck in, like, the old school serial killers, like Bundy, Dahmer, um, John Wayne Gacy, all the people on the back of my T-shirt. Oh, God. It's a lot. (laughs) Um, I think there's only five. I feel like there's, like, way more, though. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I like the modern stuff. I mean, the gold. Did you say the Golden Gate Killer? Uh, no, I didn't say that. That was crazy when he got caught. I wonder if the Zodiac. Did you know like, they busted the Zodiac Killers code? I think that they want to think they busted it, but every time they try to bust it, they get thrown a curveball. Okay, you want to hear something funny? It's, it's not. It's not like about the Zodiac Killer, but. So this is how fucking lame my fucking junior high was. If you, if any of you went to Van Vleck, like the junior high and you remember being in a certain class i'm not gonna say who the teacher was but i remember one time they were offering like a like basically a million dollar reward to crack that code and i remember my math professor was oh no my professor my math teacher was like so it's like the end of the, the school year like we're gonna work together as a class to try to crack this fucking code and like i remember me and my friends were just like yeah, because a fucking but like they have like fucking FBI agents trying to fucking crack this code, and they really think that a group of fucking junior high kids are gonna crack the code. Hey. And so yeah, like they tried to. We worked on it for like four fucking weeks, and like I cracked like a letter, and I don't even know if I was right. And it, the letter was or not the letter, the word. The word was the. That's the only one I got was the. Oh, shit. <laughs> But yeah, so no, there's like, we're going to, like I said, we're going to cover a lot. Um, We're actually going to do a bonus. You're going to get like three episodes. Like you're going to get this. You got one yesterday, or not yesterday, fuck Sunday. And we're recording this Sunday. So you got one Sunday and this one's going to be dropping Tuesday, which would be today if you're listening. And then we're going to drop a Valentine's one, which is the Lonely Hearts Killer. So you'll get two that week. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, um, motherfuckers. It's quite <laughs> a bit. So um yeah we have a lot coming your way um like i said i know this wasn't like your what this isn't your to. ideal situation yeah. probably if you've listened to any other podcast right. of true crime conspiracy theories which we haven't even dove into those yet just wait yeah i think um what we have coming we have a schedule yeah I and think- we're both as organize an OCD with our scheduling and planning yeah. that it will follow through we, very right it's and very so what we do is we plan to record on Sundays so if you want a certain case in like don't send it to us on Tuesday like try to get it in before Sunday um try to get it to us a week in advance yeah, so we like can do week. research yeah um I know what the our lonely... have a, enough information to where if we right. have an opinion it doesn't sound like we just are bullshitting right. out our ass and um I know we're gonna do like I said the Lonely Hearts Killer, which that one's kind of an older case. It's kind of crazy. And then, um, yeah, we have, like I said, a whole schedule. We have, and we a- both have, like, specific things, like certain things that we're both passionate about that we're we're kind of dividing it up and then kind of feeding off each other right. what one brings to the table so we can spitball ideas back yeah. and forth with you guys. So, you know, if there's certain, like, any either of one of us, we're open to whatever you got. Strange shit, weird shit, whatever kind of shit you got. Um, but 
yeah it's this gonna was, be fun this is gonna be a good one yeah this was more like us like pondering and kind of like, still talking. getting our toes wet I mean, yeah like so we don't want y'all to think like this is how all episodes are gonna be it's just with these big serial killers when you have like a huge cases like this it's really really hard and you have people to, that are doing this longer than us we're only yeah. on episode two now so that doesn't mean that later on we won't dive deeper Please into this stay case. with us we promise yeah. to get better like we're probably gonna <laughs> redo maybe. some of these episodes and i mean i even listened to another podcast called mile higher if y'all listen to that like check it out they're they're similar to this one they do true crime and like conspiracy theory, theories and stuff but they even have like episodes they want to redo because they when they start out they're like well you know because like I, I feel like a lot of it like you're like you think you have enough and then you start recording and you're like fuck <laughs> i feel like though with all the information given, we're never going to give these cases right. full justice because there's right. always going to be something that we don't know or we're right. unable to attain the information from because we don't have the criminal record or we don't have the case file or something like that. So um, anybody of anybody out there is good with computer and breaking codes and cracking into shit <laughs> and you, you want to take one for the team, let us know. Right. <laughs> totally joking. Yeah, don't joke. don't sue us, please. But no, we're not gonna um, we're not I'm not that talented. But yeah, so that's just kind of a little bit about it was a lot a lot about Richie Ramirez. And like I said, you gotta check out the documentary. There's no way we could have like that documentary was just spot on. Um I don't recommend watching it at night alone. Oh, if you it's not bad it's it's, not, the, but it depends on how you sleep too right it's not, there's you don't see anybody die you don't no, see him no, kill no. anybody I, so yeah. it's not scary in that aspect i mean like it they, has a suspense yeah especially if you live by yourself like because i saw a lot of i didn't really think it was that bad like there was parts of I it i fell asleep watching it i feel like it was really hard to get into the first episode but like once you watch it because they did the documentary not like your typical documentary just like this is not your typical podcast um but I think, you know, like I said, once you get into it, it's good. But I saw a bunch of reviews on, on Facebook about it and people were kind of saying like it had gave them nightmares and like they couldn't sleep. And I don't want that. Like, I'm I don't fuck with scary. I don't like I fucking hate scary movies, um, but I love true crime weird um but i don't i don't fuck with haunted houses i don't fuck with any of that shit i don't like it i don't like that kind of adrenaline i like going to, to, to roller coasters and see i could do cars. i could do true crime i don't do haunted houses i don't Same. i'm not thrilled with scary movies but i could fall asleep listening to ted bundy or richie ramirez i don't yeah. know what it is or and like any documentary on netflix about serial killers i can listen to on repeat that is my background music right maybe and wrong so i just don't want people to see the and you know if if you're really that concerned watch it with a friend or if you're out and about like listen to it in your car don't listen physically to it in your watch car. it just listen yeah, to like, it you don't even have to watch it you or just hell, listen, listen to, to us it. in your car yeah you listen to us and i mean if you haven't we i should have said this in the beginning but if you haven't already you should probably watch the documentary first before listening to our podcast yeah but either way, you can go watch it now. Um, I did some of this research in undergrad anyways. Yeah. Dana, this was kind of like Dana's episode. So how we're going to kind of do it is like we'll each like do research. And so um, the Lonely Hearts Killer is going to be like my episode where I'll do a bunch of the research. And we'll have Dana here spitballing ideas and whatnot. So, um, yeah. But that was that was our episode on the Night Stalker and how, um, you know, some of the criminal behavior with 
theories we had discussed prior, you know, could apply to him. Right. So here you have a biological theory that could apply as well as psych. Um, which one was it? The psychological was it? Psych- yeah, psychological factors that had an impact on him with his learned behaviors and just right. his choices in life. Unfortunately, were influenced by the. Best people he knew. Oh, God. Daddy and, to, and Cousin Mike. Oh, God. Cousin Mike. <laughs> we should, like, look into his case and, like, see. I wonder whatever happened to him, honestly. Yeah, we like, should, like, I mean, I know he hear... killed his wife, and it just, that's all. It doesn't say anything else. Right. Like, that. we don't know, like, what he, I mean, like, he was sentenced. Like, he was put in prison, but I don't I know whatever he died happened. In jail. What if he got out? Imagine if he got out. Oh, God. I don't know. Don't, don't think know. about that. I don't know. But we can look into it for sure if you want us to check it out. But, um, also, too, real quick, we just want to say for any all the survivors and the people who were, were unfortunately, you know, or... yeah, were un- involved or were murdered, um, especially into their families, like, you know, we, we feel f- incredibly sorry for what happened. And, you know, we hope you don't take any offense to anything we have discussed. Yeah, if you're listening. Um, and if you do personally reach out to us to the page. Um, yeah, we'll, you can email we can us it and we'll, from there. if we need to correct something, we will. But, um, like I said, I know, like I said, we didn't really go into the victims that much. Uh, like I said that the documentary did an amazing job and the families and the victims taught of the victims and the victim, the surviving victims did an amazing job at describing what happened. And I just think hearing it from them personally gives a new feeling to it it puts a new perspective on things and I just think if you truly want to understand what happened like listening to that or watching or listening to that documentary is going to give you the best view on it and you know each victim's story matters and um I just know there was no way that we could even get close to how they did the documentary because we're just starting out. I know we did choose a really big case to do. Go bigger, go home. Fuck it. But let's go. Um if y'all in the future, like I said, we may we may come back to this case and do a deep dive into it if if you guys would like that. Um if you guys want some gruesome gory details, we can we can make it happen. Future. But it'll be like once we're we get a little bit better with research and we figure all that stuff figure out. figure out our we had established how about that one not figure out once we're more established yeah maybe better better audio and uh whatnot but yeah so um thank you all for listening and, and uh, hope we got you hooked on a theory yeah and if you don't already you can follow us on our social media so it's twitter it's that hooked on a theory instagram it's that hooked on a theory podcast facebook group is hooked on a theory and our email is hooked on a theory at gmail.com so you can message us on there if you have any feedback and you maybe don't want to write a review you maybe just want to give us the feedback for us to correct it and then write your review you can message us on any of those all we ask is that you just message us on our hooked on a theory platform not our not our personals just because we both want to be able to see the message and both like take it because it's there's two two hosts and hostesses and yeah, that's the like formal and political correct way to do it. Um, if you haven't noticed, guys, we're horrible with verbiage on good days. Yeah, I didn't go that great. Imagine us with bad days. How horrible oh, our God. verbiage would be. There's gonna be a lot of editing. <laughs> Dana's gonna be like, "Fuck, cut that out." I'm gonna be like, "God damn it!" 
Okay. Shit. Sorry, guys. Um, Damn but it. yeah, so yeah, you can definitely <laughs> follow us and check us out and we'll see you on Valentine's Day with um, the Lonely Hearts Killer. Hell yeah. I was going to keep it a secret, but. Can't. It's good stuff. Yeah. We got to keep you guys on your toes, but, but also yeah. keep you ready for the next. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this, this episode. And thanks for joining us on Hooked, Hooked on, on a, a Theory. Theory. We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye.